0: All right, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming to this Thursday's Connect Call. I did want to remind everybody that this is the last Connect Call that will be shared out with the entire Fairway group. So if you are not part of Ignite and you want to sign up, you can do it for as little as $99 to you. You will get the calls. You will get the social media. You're going to get the the Roar track or mobile app. You're going to get the email. Resources. You're going to get all kinds of different stuff. And uh, we would love to have you as part of Ignite. So a reminder, this is the very last call, connect call that's going to go out to the entire network. Uh, only Ignite going forward. So if you want to sign up, it's only $99. You can get with us. You can actually just email me directly, L at fairwaymc.com, L at fairwaymc.com. We'll get you signed up. We have amazing guests. We have very special guests to me. Uh, we have we have Brian Moran and we have Amy Slotnick on today. They're gonna talk about art of the deal. They are putting on a special class uh coming in um in September. So they're gonna talk about it. I'm gonna let them talk about it. It is very inexpensive. The class is only $4.95. If you're not part of Ignite corporate pays half of that for you, it's gonna be four Thursdays in September. These guys are amazing 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 stuff uh Brian runs a huge group uh you know in the uh, in the Atlantic region and and Amy first 100 million dollar producer in fairway history and just the nicest lady um so I'm going to turn it over to Kathy B she is going to take take us through this connect call
1: thank you so much i'm just so happy to see everybody here and just very honored and grateful that Brian and Amy made time for us because what they have to share with you all we talk about is how how can we be different? How is it that we set ourselves apart? It's it's clearly a, an opportunity for us all to gain more market share now. That That is what the game is now, right? It's about how do we go out? How do we gain more market share? And a lot of times I'm sure some of you have noticed what, what that entails is a realtor giving you a transaction that maybe someone else couldn't do or c- couldn't figure out a way to do, or chose not to put in the work that it took to come up with a solution. And one thing that I think at Fairway we're very well known for is our opportunity to do things that others don't. We, we Andy Andrews, I love, we live in the deep end of the pool. We do things very differently. And Amy and Brian have very much learned how to use that to their advantage and built incredible reputations in their marketplaces for being solution finders. And, and, and Art of the Deal is, is a lot about how that works, so I wanted them to give us an overview of what that looks like, so that you could get a sense of of what they're going to be offering you. It truly is priceless, especially in a market right now where every deal is so impact- impactful. Every opportunity is is something that we need to be able to utilize to, to our full advantage. So, with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Amy and Brian and explain to us. You know, Amy, you talked about how everything starts with the interview. There's an art around when you talk to your client and how you interview them. So maybe you two can address that for us.
2: Yeah, sure. And, and I'll say um, just before that, Kathy, before answering your question, sort of conceptually, the art of the deal came up because we were talking or thinking about like what comes after 1003 Pro, right? You, you technically understand what questions to ask in order to fill out the 1003 and the mortgage application and get it to the next step. But what happens when you hit roadblocks? What happens when the way you thought the deal was going to be structured just isn't going to work? Do you throw up your hands or do you go resolution shopping, right? So we all know that every problem that we face in life has a resolution, right? We may not like the resolution in the end. It could be a denial of the loan application but we have to search for those solutions. And that's about the art of the deal, right? What programs? are you starting with? As you're talking to your client, if you have, hey, I'm just like a 30 year fixed rate person in your head and that's what you're always listening for, you're going to miss opportunities to hear other options that might be available to that client, right? So the first step in the process is the interview. Um, You never wanna start the process of a conversation with a client talking about rates, talking about loan amounts or filling out a 1003, you wanna learn the client's story. What's the story of the client? So you can then translate that into the story of the loan. right? And so it's talking to the client about what, what they're thinking about. Why are they buying a home? What are their future objectives? How does home ownership fit into their overall financial objectives? how long are they going to live there? Because that helps you think about product. Um, do they have kids who are school age? Are they thinking private school or public school? Because that helps know you to know whether you could stretch a payment a little bit. Are they going from private school in the city to public school? Are they going someplace where they don't need two cars anymore because they're going from the suburbs to the city and maybe they can stretch their payment because they're gonna get rid of a car loan. So. In the art of the interview, if you will, you're asking all of these questions, taking notes to the answers. You should be able to fill out the 1003 all by yourself almost, right? After you've had this conversation because you know what the client is then looking for. So we're gonna talk about strategies around that interview, how to ask the right questions, how to listen for the answers, how to take those answers and develop a strategy for that client particularly the ones who don't fit into a little square box. Brian, I'll let you roll after that, or with that.
3: Awesome, yeah, thank you. Um, You know, I think Kathy said it best, right? Every deal seems to matter more today than ever before. And I know we've all said that before, but it feels different this time, right? Every deal matters. Um, You know, for us, when we were talking through this, it was, it's about winning how do I win? How do I win? Right? So we do all the right things. We take a great application. We think we've asked all the right questions and then you never hear from the borrower again. Right. And you find out they went with somebody else or got a different program. You're like, Oh crap. Right. I, I should have known that. I should have talked to them about that. Um, you know, so part of this is also about understanding the mortgage environment as a whole. So, you know, we see these LEs and they've got 14 points on them or, you know, exaggerating to some degree. Um, but it's up to us, right? As the experts, say, why, would you, why would you do that? And start having those conversations, say, here's, here's why I'm asking that. Like, we all know we're on in, on the heels of, about to potentially go through a recession. On the heels of that, we know that rates will probably come down. I'm not sure that I would advise you paying all these points and fees. And it's that aha moment where the borrower thought, thought I got the best thing ever from this company, but now you're taking the time to really talk through strategy with me and help being like consumers understand what's happening around them Um, you know we're so conditioned to this 30-year fixed and least amount of points as possible and that's just not the the art of the deal anymore so you know what we saw amy and i specifically is we've got these loan officers that you know get frustrated because you know we've all had those bars where you thought you did everything right you put your best foot forward you thought you gave a really good rate you never hear from that borrower again as a newer LO and really any LO today, that's the worst thing ever, especially when a week from then you hear that they went with somebody else and took an arm loan or whatever the case may be. And you're saying, I didn't even I didn't go down that path. With we didn't that.
2: think about that as an option, right?
3: And as an LO, that's like the worst thing that could ever happen. So, you know, for us, we thought about this class as being truly the art of, of the deal, but truly the art of winning, right? Like I'm very high intensity love sports and all that. Like for me, got to win, right? Even though I want to do what's best for the borrower, there's this competitive nature that we all have that says, I do want to win, right? So this, this is really teaching that art of making sure I've asked all the right questions so that I can win that borrower.
2: Yeah. And just, you know, to go further with that concept, it's understanding all of that information so you can identify what you have available. You know, when a client calls you and says, um, you know, I want a 30-year fixed rate and I don't want a jumbo. Well, some people might say, okay, so they don't want a jumbo. So I'll think about high balance or I'll think about this. But the question is, why don't we want a jumbo? Because people's perception of a jumbo is that it has a higher rate. Well, we all know that's not true, but the market doesn't know. The consumer doesn't know doesn't necessarily know that that's not true. In fact, sometimes if someone says, hey, I have a 40% down payment, and maybe that makes them conforming, it might be better if you say, put down 35%, let's put you in a jumbo loan, because I can get you a half of a percent better in rate, and you can take that other 5% and make a principal reduction and lower the cost of your interest over the life of your loan, right? But if you just listen to what the borrower says they want, you may be missing the opportunity of putting them in a deal that's actually better for them, right? And that ensures you're going to win that client. So it's it's understanding all of the reasons they think that what they want is right, and then advising them, right? We're all in the role of being mortgage advisors. If you have mortgage loan officer as your title, You need to rethink that. You are a mortgage loan advisor, which means it's your job to advise people as to what their best loan options are, right? And so in this program, we're going to try to help you figure all of that out. When you hit this roadblock, what do you do? When you hear this from a client, what do you think about? Um, Kathy, you want
1: me to give you an example of one that's what I was just gonna say. I know so sometimes stories will tell because I think stories will give you give you ideas of 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 when you hear something. Sometimes we hear red flags and, and we sometimes we allow those red flags to be a stop sign. It, it's it's a roadblock or an obstacle, but Amy will teach you how to get around that obstacle. So can you give us an example of something along those lines? Yeah, Brian, you want to
2: share your one on the pre-approval where the guy thought he could go jumbo? And then I'll share the refi one.
3: Yeah. And I'll, I'll just quickly share, you know, we have, we all have lots of bars that come, come to us already thinking they know everything. They've already talked to one lender and they've always done all these things. Um, you know, we had one where they kept coming to me with a jumbo estimate and bar doesn't qualify um, mainly because they need to sell an exit property, which they're not willing to do. And the you know, that loan officer just said, look, this is our best rate. You can, it's one of those loans where it's high balance conforming so I can put it in jumbo and gave them this quote. And I had to talk through them why that wouldn't work. So yes, there are some jumbo investors that will let you use a rent comp to qualify, but not the ones that give you that rate. So... I advised him to, to go back to that lender and say, look, you need to tell them the entire situation, that you're not selling that property, that it is not rented. You have no executed lease. You have no intention of getting an executed lease. And he came back and said, you were right. They couldn't, they couldn't do the loan. So you know, it's we could go out with our you know, best rate and hey, this is a great jumbo product. But at the end of the day, it didn't work. So sometimes our, as loan officers, we get caught in just trying to match, just trying to compare, just trying to beat probably more, more so than anything, it wasn't even the right product. There is no jumbo investor that would have allowed that at a, at a 46 DTI. So, you know, the, that's just one example. And Amy, I know you've got a, you've got some too that, that fit well.
2: Yeah. And um, somebody put in the chat room, you know, if they have the right DTI and credit scores and reserves. Well, that's true. Any program, you have to match all the buckets. But you have to not be in a silo of one program thought process. You have to think outside of that as to how do I match the product with um, the client or the client with the best product. I think part of it, and I keep saying this, is it's listening to the client. So um, had a situation the other day where someone called. It's a divorce situation. It's a divorce buyout, which typically allows you to do... Um, rate and term loan to values um, with cash out pricing. Um, so it was a divorce buyout special circumstance refinance. But in the process of that conversation, he said, I also have to pay off my home equity line of credit. Well, paying off a home equity line of credit is a true cash out. So which circumstance wins? Is it the divorce buyout special circumstance or does having to pay off a HELOC negate the special circumstance. So it's knowing that you would have to listen for that to identify that so that you put the deal together in the correct way, right? It's all of those sort of little nuances that we're listening for. The other piece of this is about, you know, we said understanding programs, nuances and guidelines, structuring for best pricing, understanding how gray areas can become a little bit more black and white or black and white areas become a little bit more gray as they go through the loan process. Our objective in this class is to help you make sure that when you take a loan, it's going to close, right? That when you come in um, from the start or you come in because you're trying to be the hero or heroine on um, a save the deal from another company, It was not a purchase money HELOC, but that was a question that I asked Um, when, you know, you're coming in to try to save the deal that you can. The other thing is, you know, very often you pick up the phone, somebody's, you know, you're talking to someone and they say, oh, I already have a pre-approval from another company. Right away, you sort of feel like get a little bit defensive or you feel a little bit defeated because you feel like, well, they're already pre-approved somewhere else. Now I have to compete with that. Well, we do pre-approvals at Fairway very differently than other people do them, right? Um, I had a conversation the other day with a woman who said she had been pre-approved company, she found online. Um, An hour later, she said, that person did not give me one piece of information that you just gave me. All they gave me was a piece of paper that said I was pre-approved. I would never use them. I would only use you. Thank you for the education right? We're educators. That's the other thing that we are. Mortgage loan advisors, mortgage loan educators. As you learn to embrace the part of you that has to be an educator, you're going to win more loans because people are going to feel like they're in the hands of the best person. What we all want in the end is for rate to be the last conversation we have. By the way, these are our rates. Right. Because you know, if, water, if I could offer
3: one more example, Amy. So yeah, we just oh. just because we just had one and it's kind of appropriate to, to what this class is going to be about, but it was a massive sales price, 2.5 million, something like that. And they they walked on water. Great credit, great income, low DTI, you know, came to me with a estimate from a bank. I couldn't touch it. Couldn't touch the rate. I mean, like the guy could go anywhere, right? He's a wealth advisor client. And anyway, I could have sat there and tried to figure out how to match the rate, you know, call everybody in the world, try to get concessions, call Jake, beg, do whatever. And who knows where that would have ended up. But he also two hundred twenty some odd thousand dollars in debt that was costing him $4,200 a month. So I didn't go down the rate path. I went down the, hey, put 10% less down. Let's get rid of all that debt. Improve your cash flow of $3,500 a month. My rate's worse. Can't hide that. My rates, my rate's, it was almost, it was a quarter worse in rate. But my structure... Was thirty five hundred dollars a month better in cash flow for him? Got the deal. So instead of trying to like fight this losing, it would have been a losing battle on rate at twenty percent down. It just was. I wasn't. I wasn't coming close. I, I restructured it and offered it as a solution, and we won the deal. So wasn't a better rate. Wasn't a better product. Just a better structure.
1: But what I keep hearing from both of you is there's this level of confidence that comes in when you come into the transaction confident that you're going to come up with a solution that likely is, is, is absolutely going to be in the buyer's best interest. All of a sudden, it removes the fear and anxiety around, oh, my gosh, I can't match that rate. You start to think really creatively and and come up with solutions when you go into the transaction knowing that you have the tools that will allow you to structure the deal in in the best manner for the client and then you slow down and you listen as opposed to talk you're not selling rate right, you're listening for a need it completely shifts the balance as far as, as who's in control of that situation. And again, that being that true expert, being that that mortgage advisor, you slow down, you listen, you don't have anxiety. You absolutely know, I, I, loved, I loved Amy's verbiage, you're resolution shopping, you're helping your client to resolution shop around whatever it is that they view as their biggest obstacle. What is your biggest concern? My payment. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about cash flow. So I, I love that approach and it gives so much confidence to both of you. Clearly, you're both professionals and you deal with it in, in a very different manner. Amy, you talked about how part, part of your success is is how you document the story in those gray situations in such a way that the underwriter understands what your thoughts were around that.
2: Right. So the loan file, it's a, it's a book, right? I always think about it as a book with multiple chapters. And we talk about this in our grit classes. We talk about this in 1003 Pro classes. Um, you are telling a story and each sort of category is a chapter in the book, right? So income is a chapter, assets are a chapter, right? Credit and liabilities is another chapter. And it's your job to tell the story so that whoever reads the book wants to read it from start to finish and then recommend it, right? In this case, recommend it for approval. So the cover page is the epilogue, right? We're all looking to um, write a cover story, cover page that tells a little bit about the loan. And then you need to document the file in a way that lets the reader get to the end of it and make a recommendation for approval, right? So it's really critical that your interview process is to get the story of the borrower, and then your job as the loan officer is to tell the story of the loan. Does that answer your question, Kathy? So that's the details, that's the documentation, that's You need to remove an authorized uh, user account. Well, what do you do? You've got to show that the borrower doesn't make those payments. That's part of telling the story. Here's the documentation to show that. Um, A very wise man named Paul Fine once said to me, never let an underwriter underwrite your loan. Do it for them. Brilliant. Give them, I got to give him credit for that. I didn't say it, Um, but (laughs) I've repeated it many, many times, right? You want to put a loan package together where the underwriter completely understands the story and doesn't have to dive in to try to find things that will make it work, while also then potentially finding things that don't make it work.
1: Brian, you you answered a question in the chat that I think is has a has a lot of um a, a lot of impact. So can you uh, can you kind of go over that?
3: Yeah. So great question. Why didn't they take my proposal back to the bank? Um, and I would love to tell you it's because I'm as pretty as Amy, but it's probably not. Um, I, I knew that the bank didn't go to 90% LTV, fair, all, full disclosure, at a $2 million, It was actually just over $2 million. I knew they didn't because, well, I had worked there. Um, so they had that. But, you know, and I'll never know the truth, but the borrower said, I'm, I'm in. I mean, we got the contract the next day. Now, did he go back and confirm what I knew to be true? Don't know, don't care. Um, but I knew that they couldn't do it. And, and that's another thing, like we actually have some some strength in, in certain, in a lot of products, but especially in the jumbo market where some of these banks can't touch it. So also helps to know that. Again, like to think that he went with us because we were the first ones to give him the option. Cause I know that on the flip side, that will happen. If we don't give all the options they, and they find it somewhere else, we will never even hear from them again. So I don't know the answer, but I knew that that bank couldn't do it.
1: And I think part of the art art of the deal is knowing your competition. Instead of panicking, know your competition. Brian knew the guidelines of the competition. So he structured alone in such a way that truly there was no competition because he did something that the other, that the competition couldn't do. So I think there's a lot of validity in that. Thank you so much. That was just really exciting and and very insightful. And and everyone, this was just a very very peripheral vision of what's going to be offered. They're going to dive so deep. And think about the opportunity to save one transaction. If you save one transaction, trust me, that gives you such an inroad into that agent that you saved. Not only did you save the transaction for the buyer, you saved their commission. You saved commission for a listing agent and for a buyer's agent you have a a, a straight in opportunity to talk about the next transaction. You showed yourself to be different from the people who couldn't perform. And that's the key to everything right now. How do we get, everybody talks about, how do I get in to talk to realtors? Knowing how to salvage something, how to be the resolution provider is very much a part and parcel of being successful in in a market like this. Austin, back to you. Oh, I'm sorry. I just say
2: one other thing too. And we'll talk about, I think it's also important to know when to say next right? Because people are asking, how do I compete with a builder? It's really hard to compete with builders. When you can't compete, say next, don't spend two hours trying to compete on a deal that it's been made very clear to you, you are not going to get because those two hours could be spent being productive somewhere else. So it's also okay to say, you know what, I'm not going to win this deal, but I'm going to win the two hours back that I would have tried trying to compete against something I can't compete about and go move on and do something productive. Well
1: said, I think Ray liked that answer. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I like that answer as well. I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> that was one of my secrets on how I got to, you know, 50, 7,500 loans of, a month is I didn't worry about the ones I lost. I, I spent the two hours prospecting to go get new ones, right? So um, I do wanna ask a couple of quick questions then we're gonna bring Pistol Pete in. Uh, and then, uh, I'm going to let everybody, uh, enjoy the rest of their Thursday. So, uh, Amy, Brian, uh, you guys did amazing. Kathy, thank you so much. You always do so good on these calls. Uh, Amy, Brian, I, what I want to ask you guys, you were such high producers. You're, you're so successful in this industry. What's the one thing, like, what's your one thing that if you, everything else was taken away from you, this is your non-negotiable that that you use to get business.
3: I'll let Amy go wow. first.
2: No, I was gonna let you go first.
3: I'll, I'll go first. I go mean, first. for me personally, it's knowing my products inside and out. I just do. And that's not because I'm better or smarter. I, I, I'm in guidelines every day, every day, so. I was gonna Amy.
2: say it's my ability to educate by, by knowing the products.
3: That's awesome. The, that's
0: great. Mine, if anyone cares, is speed to response. So it's free. It's easy. Uh, and if you can be the first one to get back with them, they're going to call less people. Right. So speed to response. And but- somebody
2: somebody said the other day, Austin, and I, I don't remember who it was, but I really liked it. It was speed to acknowledge.
0: Like, yes. Right. Yeah.
2: You don't you don't yeah. have to have time for a full response, but just speed to acknowledge that yeah. you got that you will respond.
0: 100%. Yes, I do that all the time. Uh, one of my uh, buyers called me an email ninja. I don't know. I, th- I think that was a compliment, but um, I, I don't know. So, hey, Pistol, I want to bring you in, buddy. You always um, um, have such great, great nuggets of knowledge for us. Uh, can you uh, can you give us your stuff?
4: Well, uh, Amy and Brian are two of the very, very best. And this art of the deal sounds unbelievable, And I always suggest that people have personal self confidence. But what to me this course is going to teach you how to do is have confidence in what questions to ask and what things to present to people. And when you get done with the course or you take it over three or four weeks, you got to practice what you learn. And then you will get self confidence because you're going to get the, you're going to end up on the street and you're going to, somebody's going to ask a question that you weren't ready for, but that's how everybody learns. And what I've heard today is we want to win the deals. So I have another Vince Lombardi quote, quote, Kathy, and I think it's very appropriate for this class. Winning is not a sometime thing, it's an all-time thing. You don't win once in a while, you do things right don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. Thanks very much.
0: Thank you, Pistol. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you. Kathy. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Brian. I do wanna remind everybody, this is the very last Connect call that's going out to everybody. If you wanna sign up for Ignite, it is only $99. You get connect. You get pop-ups. You get emails. Social media. The Roar Tracker mobile app. Thousands more things. It is only ninety-nine dollars. Just email me direct, Austin L at FairwayMC. If you would like to sign up for Art of the Deal with Amy and Brian, it is so inexpensive. Uh, Sign or just email me direct on that one too, Austin L at FairwayMC.com. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday.
1: Have a great day, Joe.